fatiguing off the opus, kept it underground to focus. I feel afterlife, six under oath, don't want no hocus pocus. Trying to go pop, I draw contact with my face mask, nothing but nothing but that. Is you Roger or Novak? What is up, no everybody? Welcome back to Downer Break. This is episode number 32. I am here with my beloved Dean Zelda Josh for a long time. How are you feeling tonight? A long time, people. It's been a long time. Been a long time, guys. Look, we're human too. We've needed time to reflect, to think, to cry, to everything that the world's been doing. It's been tough to get back to normal, but this is this is us trying to get back. A lot going on out there. You know what? The Jewish people persevere. That's facts, my G. We'll get through it together. We are together. As a Downer Break Pod community, we're doing this together. I'm Israel Chai. Tennis-wise, it's been kind of, you know, it's obviously slower, but we're into the Asian swing, which is nice because we haven't had it in a couple of years due to the zero COVID policy in China. So we had the China Open on the men's side and the women's side. We had Shanghai, which is a big tournament, even though Novak didn't play in it. So there is a bit to catch up on here. I mean, personally, I don't like this part of the year because... I don't know if it's just me, but it just feels so far away that it's hard to care about these tournaments. You think it's the distance? The distance is making it difficult. I think it's the distance, also the time change. It's 12 hours ahead. It's like it just it doesn't really line up with when I can watch or or just really tune in. Like, obviously, I'm watching the highlights, but maybe it is the distance. It's the distance. And and I think the time change. I mean, I don't know. I feel like I put up with it way more for Australia because it's similar time change. Australia, I believe, is another four hours ahead as opposed to 12 or 13. Australia is 16. But like, oh, so you can get the late night stuff. Yes, that's what it is. It's actually Australia is better. I just feel like I, ne- I, like I barely watched any of it. And I was trying to I was catching glimpses of, of recaps for a lot of it. Yeah, there's definitely there's just there's way less hype. And I mean, oh, also the fans, the local fans don't go hard for this at all. That is true. And I've noticed like the stands are very empty. And I have noticed one other thing. It seems like the Asian fans ooh and ah more than anybody else I've ever seen or heard. And I think that is kind of entertaining, but it's true. There's the fans are they're not coming in heaps and they seem to be less hyped. I mean, I think it's I think it's unfortunate because, you know, the men's China Open, for example, was a 500 and a draw like I've never seen before at a 500. It was extremely so, stacked. You know, like we would have loved to see that in the city open. Like going back to the the hype thing, like is that a testament of tennis just being not as popular in these Asian countries? I don't know the answer. I think it must be, no. I mean, you look at you look at the tour. There aren't that many top Chinese or Japanese players. Yeah, I guess that's fact. So Japanese. I mean, you you did have Nishikori. Yes. Yeah. I, I I think that must be it. I don't actually know. We have to do some research, but that seems to be the case. And uh, they go hard for ping pong. That's for sure. They do. I, I think ping pong and badminton. Yes, there are definitely other racket sports that are way more popular. Is there a pickleball going on there? I would doubt it. 
I actually has pickleball gone international yet? Let me let me say a quick word about pickleball. Okay, I'm ready for it. I was on the fence. I was on the fence, but I wasn't as radical as you with my hatred of the of the game. Yep. And until you know, I was kind of I was tolerant. I was tolerant. Okay. Until they started taking over U Penn, like the tennis courts. Mm-hmm. And now for like several months when the students came back in September, it was impossible to book courts because they were all taken out by pickleball. And you had times where out of I don't know, tw- out of 12 courts. Eight or nine will be taken up by pickleball, and that sound is horrendous. Mm-hmm. It hurts my ear when I when I hear it. Most annoying sound ever goes one tweet. It's nine thirty. Why are my neighbors playing pickleball? Goes another. Imagine hearing this all day long. So it was the students. The students were reserving to play pickle. Yes, should be. It should be illegal on like a D one colleges. Nice tennis courts. And this is not a public court. Like this is like it's it's a club. You know, I have to I have a membership. They have membership as being from being a student. But so you're a full on hater now. I'm a full on hater. Yeah. Yeah. This is what I love to hear. I hate it. Okay, so let's get to some of the results here, starting with the women, because China Open for the women was a 1000 and Iga decided to just win pretty easily, too. I mean, she crushed Coco on the way three and two. Got beat some Sonavine straights at the final. And it was a pretty good draw. I mean, Sabalenka played. Rabakina played. Rabakina beat Sabalenka, actually, in the quarters. <laughs> Sorry, the what? The quarters. <gasps> okay. And, you know, Pagula lost second round. Very disappointing. You know, the rest The rest is kind of like your usual draw, besides some Sonava, who, like, had a very good draw. But you had Sakari in the quarters. So what is the year-end rankings looking like for the women now? Sabalenka is still in first. Sabalenka had, locked it up after the US Open. Has, she has like 700 points on Iga at two, yeah. who has about 2,000 points on Kalko Goff. Okay. Who is very close with Rybakina and then Pagula. Sabalenka won, Sviatek two, Coco three, Pagula four, Rybakina five. I mean, that feels like how it should be. But either way, this does feel. Uh, I don't. Does Sabalenka feel like she's won this year? She won one slam and made it to the finals of the U.S. Open. Ego won one slam. Coco won one slam. Mandrosova won the final slam. I so mean, it's a pretty even year. It is even, and it's top heavy. I feel like re- other years you see more rando winners. Yeah, Mandrosova is the most random, and she was like a top five player for most of the year. Yeah. So I think this, these rankings make sense. Let's move on to the men here, starting at the China Open, as you previously alluded to, probably the most stacked draw I've seen in the entire year out of or, any tournament in terms of density. I'm talking density. Uh, yeah, smaller. It was a 32-player pool, and like first round you had Medvedev versus Tommy Paul, which, which is you yeah. never see that. Could easily be a quarterfinals, a quarter. A quarter final. So I think the highlight match here was Sinner Alcaraz. And it was largely a disappointment. I mean, I did watch this match. First set was tight. Second set, Carlos's body language was just horrible. He was he was just wailing at the ball. It was he was undisciplined, 
reckless and completely impatient. And I was thinking you could just see by the last point of the match, he just misses a backhand into the net. And you could tell he was just like, fuck this. I want to go home. Yeah. I mean, I think. Is it burnout? I don't know if it's burnout, but I think that partially it's immaturity, probably. I do remember a time where Novak played against uh, Lorenzo Sonigo. Yeah. Novak, a few years ago, Novak played against Lorenzo Sonigo. Mm-hmm. And he Novak lost 6 1, 6 2 in like an hour. Yes, I recall that. And it was so obvious that he like did not want to be there. There was something else on his mind. He did not care. He just there was also no emotion from him. He just like shook shook Lorenzo's hand and like left. And I think like it happens to the best of of them, besides maybe Federer and Nadal. And I guess Novak when he cares, but it's it's something that Alcaraz is gonna have to probably like work on as he grows and matures. But also part of tennis is losing. And I think that he'll have bad days. Yeah, and, and actually Federer had a great quote on this. I think he was on a podcast. Like somehow it wasn't ours, but he was on a podcast and someone asked him about, you know, the next generation of players and how how Alcaraz lost a couple matches here uh, at the end of the year, you know, losing to Medvedev in the semis of the Open, losing to Sinner in the China Open and then losing to Grigor in Shanghai and he's like, "Look, these guys are going to lose matches. Like even the the best, me, Novak, Murray, and Nadal, like we lost plenty of matches and not every match you play is going to be your best tennis. And this sounds obvious, but people are looking at Alcaraz and they're like, oh, he's supposed to be the next thing. And people forget. They're like, oh, he does lose. It's okay to lose. The only one who does not lose is Novak. That's it. <laughs> Novak is the only one that doesn't lose. Like Novak, Novak just does not lose matches that surprise you. Like, I'm, except when like he takes a long hiatus from tennis. Yes. Which he has done, you know, with COVID and stuff. And then like, he'll lose a few matches as he starts. You know, he had a, he had like a shaky clay court season this year. Mm-hmm. And then from that point, it was like just complete lockdown mode. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's right. So Sinner ends up winning China. Beating Medvedev for the first time ever. Beating Medvedev. Right. He was like 0-7 against them. Yeah. Something I something I noted when I was watching this was how angry Andy Murray gets these days. And I don't like it. He just he seems like, you know, he's a likable guy. I or he's become a likable guy since his return, but mm-hmm. he's constantly screaming. Just scre- he's erupting. And it's just like, Andy, you're just you're doing it for the love of the game at this point. Right. But, it, but he's on the court and he's not happy. It just looks like he's he's writhing in pain and anger and it's tough to watch. I mean, he could have retired many years ago and nobody would have thought anything of it. I mean, he's it's incredible that he is even playing. And then, you know, like you you would hope that he could just take it, take everything with a smile because he's doing it just for fun. Mm-hmm. Kind of like, you know, Stan is not really showing a ton of emotion out there. Definitely not negative emotion. Yeah, St- Stan is more positive. It's a good comparison. But like Murray goes down first round to Safulin in Shanghai. In China, he lost first round in an absolute banger of a match with Deminer, third set breaker. He's he's had a he hasn't done well in the in the Asian swing. Like no. he could call it he could call it any day. 
I could see Murray like just saying, "Oh, I'm done." If I was if if I were him, I would just say I would just play some dubs. Like he's a really good doubles player. He could play with the Brody. Yeah, he could play with the Brody. Play with anybody he wants. Anybody would play doubles with Mandy Murray. Yeah. And I th- actually think that he could have a really good run. He doesn't have to move as much. Great volleys, great serve. Like I can see him winning tournaments. Yeah, he could do damage. And it'd be better for his body, obviously. And I think he will have fun because he's he'll actually be winning. Speaking of body, should I give the listeners an update on the knee? Yeah, how's the knee? I saw King Ramapa this week, actually, and he gave me a date. April 8th is the date where I should be cleared for sport. That's if all goes well, if I keep doing my homework, if I keep lifting them weights. So, uh, look, it's another five months, but we're going to keep grinding. Can't wait to have you back. I need you to help me with my back end. I know you need help, but you're switching to one-hander, which is another topic. Shanghai? Yeah, I mean, I got to admit, I didn't watch all those matches, but I've been following the results and looking at the highlights. It's okay. I'm not mad at you. It's okay. Hercots took it. Hercots took Hercocks. Hercocks. Hercots. 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 Yeah. Yeah, Hercots over Rublev is a good win, I think, overall. I think... Hercots had a great run all throughout. You know, he took out Korda in the semis. And then in the quarters, he had that banger against Marojan, who was absolutely on fire this whole tournament. He got a very weird game, Marojan. He has a weird game. He does. It's not like you... Like, you watch someone like... Rublev or even someone like Rude, right? Like, you know exactly how they're winning, like, points. Like, you know what their style is. Marjan, I couldn't even describe his style to you. Like, a lot of drop shots. It's very so weird many drop strokes. shots. It's so many drop shots. And just, like, forehand looks so weird. Yeah, but it's huge. I kind of think he's, like, in a weird way, he's, like, Alcaraz on steroids. Super aggressive. So many drop shots. I'm not saying like he's better. Obviously, he's not as good. But I, there's a little bit of similarity there, and it's just everything to a higher degree, but it's not as um, polished. I can see him being nasty. Yes, I can too, but he still like needs to go through puberty. Yeah, he's very young, and I think mentally also very young. And physically, he doesn't look... He doesn't, he kind of just looks like an MIT dweeb on the streets. No offense to the MIT guys listening to this, but it looks like he needs to hit the weight room and he needs to mature a bit, but he's has serious potential. He beat DeMiner. He beat Lajevic. He beat Rude. He almost beat Hercots. And we he was kind of silent from that time he beat Alcaraz on clay right. back in May. And now here he is. So it wasn't really a fluke. Remember when you bought an MIT shirt so we could play at MIT when the lights along were down? I do remember that. That shirt needs to go into the burner. It needs to be burned. I, it was nice to see Korda make such a good run beating Medvedev. Mm-hmm. I did uh, not see that coming. Yeah. I mean, I think, as we said before, I mean, Korda has maybe the most potential out of the top American men. When we were doing those like top five lists, was he even in it? He, he, was, out, he was out for a yeah. while. Yeah. But I think he's right now, he's probably right in there with, you know, Tommy, Sheldon, Fritz, Tiafo. Like, Tiafo's been been pooping the bed. Yeah, it's been, that's, there's definitely a mix up in the top five Americans here. I mean, Tiafo goes down first round in China and Shanghai. 
Tommy has done okay. He's still alive here in Tokyo. And then Shelton's been playing really well. I think as things stand, Shelton's a top American man. I think that's probably accurate. He, he I mean, he beat Sinner. Yeah, and then Fritz has been really bad. And Fritz has been bad. I think that's valid. I think you got to go Shelton. Look, the list is fluid, as Stephen A. Smith would say. But Shelton, number one, I'm still going to... Tommy? Tommy. Fritz? Fritz. Corda Tiafo, as things stand? It's tough to say. I mean, you could say that. Tiafo just bad form. I even th- even in the U.S. Open, I did not think the form was that great. He shouldn't have lost to Shelton. I mean, U.S. O- uh, in the City Open, he lost to your boy Talon, Greek Spore. Greek Spore. <laughs> that was such a good time. Can't wait to go back. Anyway, let's move on. Tokyo, you know, we're just starting. It's early. It's early. But can we talk about Casper Rude just being bad? He doesn't have it figured out at all. I don't think he belongs in the top five. I'm not even sure if he belongs in the top ten. How how was he so successful for a couple of he years? He made he made Grand Slam used finals. To be bigger. Yeah, I do feel like the foreign used to be bigger. His back and percentage wise is actually better. I was looking at these stats. I remember talking about that, but there's something that's just not he's it's not the as foreign. It's just as not as deadly. Was. Yeah. I remember like watching him and just thinking like, oh my god, that forehand is like un- untouchable. Mm-hmm. It's not there anymore. And now it just doesn't feel like I, c- I feel like I can name a lot of people who have like bigger forehands right now on the tour. Rojan, I think like Akaraz hits it bigger. I think Sinner hits it bigger. Shelton uh, hits it bigger. What? I feel like Shelton hits it bigger. Shelton definitely hits it bigger. And then you know even even Novak hits like his forehand bigger now. Maybe. 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 So something else in Tokyo. Actually, I almost texted you this a few weeks ago. I'm like, where has Jack Draper been? And then he shows up in Tokyo and has a great match against um, DeMiner. And I'm watching the highlights, and all of a sudden, he's just not, he's hitting his serve like 40 miles an hour. I'm like, this is classic. He can't keep it together physically. We talked about it. Like, we just talked. Like, he's he's fragile. He's extremely fragile. He's a little baby boy still. Henry Feldman playing against Zach Goodstein on the grass. Yes, he couldn't keep it together. Shout out to Henry, bro. We love you. Yeah, we love you. Um, It's a shame. It's a shame. I hope he uh, overcomes this one day. It's it's definitely possible. He needs better staff to guide him through this, I think. You think that's what it is? You think that his trainer isn't good enough? I don't know, but like he clearly is not. Elite, because this keeps happening. I mean, what is he paying him the big bucks for? Yeah, it keeps happening. Tiafo lost to Karatsev. That was upsetting, but also love Karatsev, so I was okay with it. Um, and then uh, we talked about it. Shelton is playing good tennis. You know, we talked so much about how Shelton couldn't win back-to-back matches, and now here he is. He's winning back-to-back-to-back-to-back. Yeah, he's hitting big. He's I think he's feeling confident. confident. Yeah. yeah, it's the confidence. It's just still crazy to me how he he had never been out of the U.S., for so long, and now like he's in Asia and he's winning all these matches. I know it's so foreign, but it, it's working. Could you imagine flying to China to compete? I know. I think about that a lot. All the, all these players are traveling to these obscure locations, and everything is so new. And all of a sudden, you're on the court for your career. Like it's it's a crazy concept. Like think about other sports. It's it's like, not happening as much. You're traveling um, mostly domestic. 
a lot of European sports, there's a lot of traveling, but they're traveling within the EU. Exactly. And then for national teams, there's some traveling, but also usually continental. Mm-hmm. So like for like, for example, World Cup preps for the World Cup with the qualifiers, it's it's continental. So you don't travel really outside of your continent as much as you do in tennis. Yeah. Which, you know, I this is a question I had. We don't have to go full dive into it, but I think tennis is probably the most international sport because of all this traveling, because of all the locations that you have tournaments in throughout a calendar year over and over again. There's cycling. Okay. It's really international. I don't know squat solo about cycling. Like Formula One, I think is pretty international. Yeah, that's true. And then like, I think water sports like sailing and windsurfing and stuff like that, that are more obscure. Mm -hmm. I think those are pretty international too. Yeah. I guess I'm just thinking like the big, you know, the big four, big five, big six. Yeah, basketball, out of those, out of those baseball, like tennis. football, soccer. Ten- tennis is what, like the seventh biggest sport in the world? Yeah. How do you I, how do you measure that? Well, the biggest one, I think, by I think the biggest one is cricket. I thought it was soccer. No, I think cricket. Then in- soccer. Because India is so all over cricket. Yeah. We should make this a cricket podcast. <laughs> Actually, no, it, it's gotta be like behind rugby, like worldwide. According to a quick Google search, soccer is number one, cricket number two, field hockey coming in at three, tennis coming in at four, volleyball at five, six table tennis. This is ridiculous. This is the most ridiculous list I've ever seen in my life. This can't be true. This is 100% cap, but I'll take it. Tennis at four, somehow behind field hockey. I don't I mean, it, it, that's the thing. It's so hard. How do you quantify it? By player popularity, by viewing popularity? It, it's impossible. I guess. I guess- Oh wow! This list also table tennis and number six. Yeah, I know. Volleyball ahead of the NFL. That's what I'm saying. Incredible cap. Incredible cap. <laughs> okay. Um, circling back here just to close out Tokyo. I thought it was really funny, not funny, but insane that Herkoch loses to Zhen Zhang. I believe is the pronunciation. First round. This is after he beat. After he wins Shanghai, the score in the match was a third set tiebreaker he lost in that tiebreaker it was 7-4 he had just beat him in shanghai in a third set tiebreaker 7-4 there's just some things that work like that in life where you're like there's some kind of there's something going on life is so cyclical cyclical but random and coincidental and heartbreaking and sad yeah anyway so I think that's all we got for tennis. I mean, what do we got for the end of the year? This is not the busiest time of year. So after Shanghai. Biggest one is the end of the year, which I think is in November, right? Well, so after after Tokyo, you've got a couple 500s. You got one in Basel, one in Vienna. Then you have the Paris Masters, which I think is a a solid tournament. People don't love it as much because it's the end and people are kind of burnt out. And then, of course, the ATP finals in Italy. <clears throat> but it's slower. It's slower. End of the year, Masters has not been decided yet on the people. You have Top Novak, eight. Carlos, Medvedev, and Sinner who have secured their spots. But they've secured the bag. Them, they have they have in the bag. But then you have Rublev, Tsitsipas, Zverev, Rune. And then 
you have Fritz, Rude, and Hercots kind of lurking right behind. Sitsipas, did he even go to Asia? He did. But again, he's just trash. He lost to Jerry first round. And then he lost to Umber second round. The guy is a joke. Umber is playing better, but yeah, he's a joke. Yes. Get some fan mail going. Let's get some fan mail. The first question coming in from Benjamin Maffa in New York City. He says, recently I've been seeing so many people on the streets wearing their U.S. Open hat. And it's like, in. What's up with that? I hate this. I do not like this at all. First of all, the New York City U.S. Open hats, are not they're not cool. It's not a good-looking hat. It's just what you buy at the pro shop. It's not that fresh. I have that U.S. Open hat that you bought me, but it's not U.S. Open tennis. It's U.S. Open golf. Yeah, different, different. The, but I'm what I'm trying to say is I don't like this exploitation of the sport for fashion. People are like, oh, I'm so trendy. I went to the U.S. Open. I drank seven honey deuces. I'm going to wear my hat around New York City like I'm cool. No, I see that as exploitation of the sport. I and just I'm feel like it's like a Russian dad thing to do. No, he was telling me everybody's doing it. Old, young, guys, girls, he's, they, they, thems. Everybody wearing them. And like, I am not with it. Okay. People in New York City are better than that. Like, they're supposed to be known for their fashion. Don't put on a goddamn U.S. Open tennis hat. Next. Next question coming from Jennifer White in Los Angeles, California. Thank you, Jennifer, for the support. Kelsey Swift. Is there a tennis equivalent? I mean, I guess Bedosa Tsitsipas. Bedosa Tsitsipas, I guess so. I mean, but you know what? You know what was an equivalent? Andy Roddick, Brooklyn Decker. I think that's the closest thing in terms of magnitude of fame, right? Supermodel, Steffi, pro athlete. Steffi and Agassi. Steffi and Agassi was big, but I think in general, supermodels are more famous than pro tennis players. Yeah, I think I think Brooklyn and Roddick were were probably the closest, but so, not nobody nobody compares to Swift. No, I yeah. think she's the most famous person ever in the world. Yeah. Um, I did a, a couple of quick research tidbits, found out Grigor Dimitrov used to date Nicole Scherzinger from the Pussycat Dolls. Don't you wish your girlfriend was hot like me? Don't you wish your girlfriend was I had no idea for three years. Good for him, Grigor. Oh, you know, you know what else actually beats it is Maria Sharapova, Cristiano Ronaldo. No, that's Cap. No, that was that was a thing, a very short thing. That's pretty close. It it got no press though. Clearly, I think they, I were, they were trying to keep it on the down low. That's funny. You've got Naomi Osaka and Corday, but like, I don't know if that's that big. I actually saw a random tweet yesterday from Osaka. It was like, I just want someone that I can watch the sunset with. I was like, is this you saying you just broke up with your baby father? If you Corda were so if, ugly, Corda is so ugly. But I'm saying if you were in a relationship, would you tweet something saying all I want is someone that I can watch the sunset with? That feels Probably like a not. sad boy single person to say. Yeah, for sure. So that relationship is in question. But to answer your question, Jennifer, nothing can even come close. Next question coming from Dan Pacheco. Long time listener. Long time. 
Would you rather have to eat a hamburger every day for the rest of your life or never be able to eat a hamburger again? Um, very good question. I used to think that I could eat Chipotle every day. You did. You actually did. And you remember me saying that, right? Yes. And I think what happened was when I moved to Philly, the Chipotle next to the hospital is probably the worst franchise I've ever been to. You can tell. I, I mean, I... I I go months not wanting it, like no, not craving it. I used to crave it daily. Yeah. <laughs> and it is just so bad. So I think Chipotle is out for me, but hamburgers. I think what he's trying to say. I'd probably like, skip them altogether. Yeah. I think what he's trying to go for is like your favorite food. So call it Chipotle. Would you skip out on Chipotle altogether? But like I think I would do a steak every day if I didn't get colon cancer from it. But you don't want colon cancer, so you're not going to do it. If you, if I could eat like a nice ribeye every day, yeah, like I a eighty dollars steak. It. It's so unhealthy, though. Or sushi every day, good sushi every day. Yeah, you could do that. That's feasible. For for me, it would be pizza, and that would be tough. I I you think get I would, huge. I would get big, big I would, boy. I would be big, 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 big boy. I think the answer is I would just skip it all together. I think that's the answer. Uh, it's good to get back in the mics, man. The people missed us. The people missed us. I can tell. I, I mean, my phone's been blowing up. But thank you guys for tuning in. We really appreciate it. And we hope you appreciate us. And we're spreading a lot of love these days. Peace. 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 Now is a boss black girl married.